welcome to the Oilcast from March 20th, 2017 with your host, George Eliopoulos. Can you smell it? Because I'm catching a whiff of that sweet, unfamiliar aroma of playoff hockey. With a huge 2-0 win against the Kings tonight, we are all but in. Tonight I celebrate our playoff chances, talk some McDavid, read some tweets, then dive into Cam Talbot's workload. But first... The Recap We saw some baseball skills early on from the big rig. On that line's first shift, McDavid fired a shot off Jonathan Quick's shoulders and whack! Maroon batted in for the early 1-0 lead. Then on the next shift, it didn't result in a goal, but if you missed the game, you've got to check out this McDavid cheeky move going around Doughty and then trying to bake it in off quick. It didn't work out, but ooh baby, it was dirty. And then the Oilers got to work on the ever-improving power play. This time it was the big man, Milan Lucic. He banged home a redirected pass from McDavid for the two-goal lead. Shots, fin- shots finished 15-7 in a period utterly dominated by Edmonton. And then coming right out of the penalty box to start the second, Patrick Maroon got the second part of the Gordie Howe Hattie, dropping the mitts with Jerome Aginla. It was a great back-and-forth fight, particularly giving props to the 39-year-old Aginla for going toe-to-toe with the big rig. That was about the only action of the period as the Oilers headed into the third with a 2-0 lead. And then the third was kind of a just-hold-on 20 minutes for the Oilers. They were definitely outplayed and outchanced, but Cam Talbot stood tall, finishing with his second straight shutout in a big, almost clinching 2-0 win for the Oilers. Whew! I just can't stop smiling right now. I mean, playoffs. Think about that. Playoffs in Edmonton Oilers. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how old you are, but I am 21 years old, and I was 10 when the Oilers last were in the playoffs in Game 7 of a heartbreaking defeat. And ever since then, it's not even that we haven't been in the playoffs, but we haven't even been close to the playoffs. And here we are. I mean... Obviously, nothing's clinched yet, but I finally don't feel the need to knock on wood every time I mention the word playoffs. I don't have that sense of impending doom, and I hope everyone does. Apparently, Twitter did. It's all excitement on there right now. Things are finally great. I mean, with the win tonight, the Oilers now sit at 87 points. We're tied with the Ducks and one ahead of Calgary for second and third in the division. But most importantly, we are 12 points ahead of the Los Angeles Kings with only 10 games remaining. Obviously, not impossible to give that up, but I mean, particularly, it's just, you know what? I'm not even going to, it's not going to happen. It's just, it's not going to happen. Connor McDavid will not let that happen. And we are going to the playoffs, and now it's just a matter of seeding, which actually, I wanted to point out that the uh, San Jose Sharks lost to the Dallas Stars tonight, a surprising defeat, and that leaves them at 91 points. So right now, the standings are. All, all teams played 72 games in the Pacific Division are 91 points for the Sharks, 87 for the Oilers and the Ducks, and then 86 for the uh, Calgary Flames. So within five points, you've got all those teams, and it's going to be a fun battle. So now, obviously, looking at playoff seedings, I feel like it's fine. we're finally at the point where we can talk about playoff seedings instead of just talking about how we want to make the playoffs. Now it's time to get what we really want. And I don't know about everyone else, but I mean, I'd love to see a a, a cup run, whatever. That would all be great. But I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just happy we're here. This is kind of a stepstone year. In my opinion, we, we didn't go all in at the trade deadline. We might be missing a couple of things, but what I really want to get all, all I want for Christmas or playoff hockey is the battle of Alberta to be reignited. And so looking at the standings, obviously what we've all been looking at recently is second and third in the division, which is still the most likely scenario. Um, again, tied 
I mean, it's basically, it's basically a three-way tie. Calgary's one point behind both us and the uh, Anaheim Ducks. But now another thing to, to keep in mind is the fact that the Sharks are sitting at 91 points, only four points ahead of us. So in theory, it's possible that either the Oilers could slide or the Flames could slide while the other one excels. And it's possible that you could have a first in the Pacific division versus the uh, uh, versus the first wildcard team as a matchup as well for the Battle of Alberta. So I just wanted to make sure everyone knows you can kind of keep in mind that there's a chance that there's, there's a very realistic chance that, that the Battle of Alberta ends up happening again and win or lose. Just think about how much that would set up the next five, 10 years of just animosity that hasn't existed the same way it did for so many years between the neighboring cities in Alberta. Just so excited for that. Okay. And then as far as the actual game, there's not that much that I wanted to talk about. I mean, it was just a two nothing game. It, it, it wasn't an unbelievable performance. I will say that it was a great first period. It really was. We really set the tone. We came out and dominated and had a chance to be up three goals only ended up by two, but we, we hung on the rest of the game played pretty well. But, I mean, all in all, good performance. Third line played well. Adam Larson specifically played well on defense, I thought. Uh, all in all, great performance. I mean, the first line, though, was definitely the best line. And so any concerns that we might have had about chemistry or is Patrick Maroon not ready or not not ready, but is he sliding? Is Leon Dreisaitl tired? I mean, I think those are being put to rest these last few games. Maroon's look great. Dreisaitl maybe still not as good, but at the end of the day, Dreisaitl playing with McDavid and Maroon, it's going to be fine. But, I mean... Connor McDavid, the same refrain you hear all year, but it was just another unbelievable period specifically from him. The first period he came out and just absolutely dominated. He made Drew Doughty look like a seventh defenseman that was lucky to be playing NHL minutes, almost banked a goal in off Jonathan Quick, created another couple opportunities. It was just remarkable. One of those where if you didn't, if you didn't know hockey, you would you would say watch this one period and just watch this player, and it, it, he just doesn't doesn't look like anything we've ever seen before. We'll play a little bit of six million dollar men before we get into Cam Talbot. So here we go for that. Gentlemen, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. Okay, so I thought by far there was one man on that second line that was worth his $6 million tonight, and that was Milan Lucic. Not only did he score a goal in the first period in typical Milan Lucic fashion, planning his big ass in front of the net and taking the deflected pass, putting it in past Jonathan Quick, which is obviously exactly what you want to see, but he asserted his dominance all game physically. And there was one specific point that I wanted to bring up with him. And it was in the second period, right as LA was really starting to turn momentum and finally making it a game. He caught Anze Kopitar right by the side of the net when the puck was squirting out. And it really was likely that it was going to result in a rebound goal with Cam Talbot kind of down and out. And he just shoved his man down to the ground. Really impressive. Great awareness. Great toughness. And that was kind of exemplary of what you want from Milan Lucic at the end of the year. You want those. You want him to be in front of the net scoring goals, and you want him in front of the net on your own side, defending the crease, defending it with his body. Really impressed with him tonight. Really great game from him. He's been phenomenal lately. That's his third goal in five games, five points in those five games. But I would say the last maybe 12 games or so, he's, I, I don't know the exact point total. I know they're better. But in general, he has just looked great five-on-five five power play and in the defensive zone. Really impressed with him. 
We'll do a little bit of hashtag Oilers here. Read a couple of your tweets. I will start with Vaughn Woodruff at Konkinen. Uh, Slepeshev sitting out after playing a strong game and scoring a goal. This love for Hendricks is insanity. I have two words for you. Penalty kill. We need that man on the penalty kill. Matt Hendricks is very valuable to this team. I like Slepeshev. I think he's been good. But at a certain point, you have to you have to prioritize our one weakness, which has been the penalty kill recently. So that's you got to consider that there, Vaughn. And then from Alex at Abernier10. Again, like you picked the wrong team. Should have come to the Oilers. You know what? I'm I'm fine without him. We don't need any lifelong flames. I like him. I respect the man. I really respect him fighting tonight. We don't need any lifelong flames as we turn this ship around in Edmonton. And then from Kevin Dunbar, 11. Magic number is now nine points for the Oilers. Nothing else needs to be said there. Just a great feeling. Okay. But now I want to get to the thing that's been on my mind the last couple of days, and it's Cam Talbot's workload. He is playing way, way, way more than any other goalie. This was his 65th start of the year. Second is Frederick Anderson with 59. And if he starts nine of the last 10 games, which at this point seems likely, he will have started 74 games. And then going back to January 8th, he's also started 27 of the team's last 29. I mean, he's been great. He's tied for second in the NHL and wins. He's got a very good 922 save percentage and a 233 goals against. All of this is fantastic. He's been right there with Connor McDavid as team MVP. But I, I want to make the case both for and against playing Cam Talbot this much. And I'll start with the case against. So since the lockout in 0405. Eight goalies have started 74 games and made the playoffs. Um, Broder did it three times, so did Kiprasov, and then Luongo and Nabokov each did it as well. None of these eight years did the team with the goalie starting that many games advance to even the conference final. Um, only Broder in 07, Nabokov in 08, and Luongo in 07 even made it past the first round whatsoever. Then when you look at goals against average, which, by the way, in case you're wondering, has has been overall slightly lower in the playoffs than it has been in the regular season, but that number's kind of varied. So even if we'll, we'll call it even, um, the the goaltenders have basically, they're for the most part, they've gone through the roof. Uh, six of the eight have had large increases in the amount of goals they've given up. Only Lu uh, Luongo back in 06-07 went down, and that was back when he had his first season with the Canucks. He had a 177 goals against in the playoffs, and he was just unbelievable. So, I mean, that was somewhat of an anomaly. He was so good that year. And then even Nabokov, I'm going to give him that, even though it went up, it went up from 214 to 218 in the playoffs. So I'm going to give him credit for that. He played great as well. But outside of that, you look at every other year, and the goaltender, his regular season goals against average went way, way, way up. In fact, uh, four of those had goals against averages over three. And the point is, is there's no recent history that suggests that starting a goalie this many times ever, not even with one anomaly, leads to success in the playoffs. None of them have made it to the conference final, and almost all of the goalies have played worse come playoff time. And the response that I've kind of gotten from Euler fans, and even Todd McClellan himself, is along the lines of, well, he isn't showing any signs of fatigue, and he says he feels great. And you know what? Here, let me play back a... Um, these are back-to-back -back clips of Todd McClellan from the Vancouver Post game. First is on how Cam Talbot is feeling, and then on why he hasn't gotten fatigued. Yesterday we had a, an optional day and Cam was in 
in the office with Dustin Schwartz. I poked my head in. I asked him how he was doing. He said, great. I said, how are you feeling? He said, fine. I said, should we keep playing? He said, yeah. So that was the extent of it. Well, one, he's in great shape, and he's, he's an efficient goaltender. He's not all over the place, and, and he's trained for it now. He's played a lot of games, so he, uh, he knows what to expect and how to manage it. Okay, so I'll go to this first point first, kind of saying that Cam told him himself that he's not tired and he's good to go. Well, no shit. I was a goalie growing up, and two things are for sure. Number one, you never feel tired until all of a sudden you do. And then also, every goalie feels like the more they play, the better they play. So, obviously, Cam is going to lobby to start every game. That's a great thing. That's what you want out of a competitor. But it's Todd McClellan's job as the coach to ensure that he takes ownership of that and does everything he can to ensure that he doesn't overwork his goalie come playoff time. I, I just think that it's it's on the coach, not on the player, to, to take himself out of a game. I mean, it's, it's like in basketball... In, when a when a player is tired, it's very rare you're going to see him say, "Coach, I want a sub." It's the coach's job to realize that the star player wants to play as many up to 48 minutes in a basketball game, but you just can't do it because you have to pace your player, and that's on Todd McClelland. So I I refuse to accept that as an as an excuse. And then to his second point, where he says that I mean I'll give him the fact that he's an efficient goalie, but he says that he's played the games, he has the workload. And no, you have to consider the workloads that Cam Talbot has faced in the past. In his first season, back in 13-14, he started 19. Then the next year, um, 34. And then last year's first year with the Oilers, he started uh, 53, played 56 games. And he's been fantastic and deserved to singularly own the Oilers' crease. But his body just isn't used to that kind of workload. I mean, um, let's go with an, an example. Say you're, say you're a truck driver. Uh, you've, you've got truck drivers that are used to driving all throughout the night. They could go for many, many hours, whatever the, I mean, sure there might be legal regulations, but in terms of what they can actually go, a truck driver that does it all the time is capable of going all throughout the night and he's good to go. He understands how to, how his body works and all that stuff. And, and when, when he, when he needs to get a break, but if say you're a part-time truck driver and someone says, Hey, drive all throughout the night on this highway and we'll see how it goes. Obviously the guy who just it hasn't done it consistently isn't going to, his body isn't going to adjust the same way that someone who's been doing it all the time is going to do. And that's the same way with Cam Talbot. I mean, he hasn't played these kind of minutes. He hasn't played in these kind of games. So although right now things are good, he's, he, he's feeling great apparently, which I do believe because he's playing great. So when you're playing great, you do feel great, but he's already blown by a single season high in starts and minutes played. And obviously the Oilers are hoping to play a series or two or even more in the playoffs. And that means you're adding another five, 10, 15, 20, 25 games. Who knows? And I just think it's unrealistic to think that Cam Talbot isn't going to hit a wall at some point during the stretch. I hope I'm wrong, but it would take incredible endurance from Cam. And like I pointed out before, the precedence is set that this doesn't usually work out for goaltenders. But I said I was going to give you the cases against and the case for. And kind of the reason I wanted to give the case for was because you look at the last couple games and I... Before the Canucks game, I when I found out that Cam Talbot was starting, I thought, really? Do we need to start him against the Vancouver Canucks? Haven't we gotten to a point where if we're going to be this good, we can win this game without Cam Talbot? And then we saw the game, and the reason that we won was singularly because of Cam Talbot and maybe Connor McDavid's snipe. But the point is, is that I realized I was definitely wrong in looking at the fact that we could overlook the Vancouver Canucks 
And we needed Cam Talbot to do that. And obviously every two points is vital. So what what I guess I'm going to say is you can have that perspective of let's just take our chances of getting in the tire tired for the playoffs because we're playing for house money. We're with house money anyway this year. And if that's how you want to look at it, I'm actually totally cool with that because in a way I've, I've mentioned a bunch of times, I see this year as kind of the stepping stone to hopefully becoming a true contender. And if that doesn't work out and Cam Talbot does get fatigued and we have an early exit in the playoffs, I guess I can live with that. I mean, if you're willing to take that risk, then I mean, we are battling for seeding. You see, I've mentioned how tight the standings are. So every game is really important. And I think it does say a lot to your team that you want to have your starting goalie in there every game. You're just showing that confidence. I mean, I shouldn't say showing your confidence, but it's kind of sending the message of we want to win every single game. We've got our guy. Let's play for him. Let's keep it going. So, I mean, there is the argument in saying we're battling for position. And also, I mean, this isn't a year where we're where we're expecting to win the cup. We're not saying we can't, but we're not expecting that. And so maybe it's fair to take on the risk of Cam Talbot becoming fatigued in the playoffs. So, I mean, I think all the, the, the common sense points, to the fact that we're playing him too much and this might not go well and you got to expect the worst, but I am totally fine with taking the perspective of we're playing with house money. Let's go all in. And you know what? If he gets tired, he gets tired. I just think, that you are taking a big chance and Coach McClellan has to realize it and own it if that is what happens. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox for that. The next game is finally on the road after our season-long eight-game road trip, and it's a huge game against the Ducks in Anaheim on Wednesday night. If we want that Battle of Alberta reignite in the first round of the playoffs, we gotta gut this one out. Anyways, I will talk to you Wednesday night.